Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, I am so excited to have the show, the Successfully Unemployed show, in an actual location where we're talking with a fantastic business owner who has created an amazing business. Now, with the Successfully Unemployed show, we try to talk to as many business owners, investors, side hustle experts, anybody and everybody who's found a way to make a living provide for their family, provide for themselves without working that J-O-B. And that stands for just over broke. Because when you work in a job, you're just over broke. And so today I'm super excited to be on location with Vanessa Trufin. She has a fantastic business here. She has a bridal shop and she has so many people coming to her. She even has Instagram people coming to here from other parts of the country. It's fantastic to be here. Vanessa, thank you so much for being thank on the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. So I want to jump right into it. Okay. It seems like obviously we're here, but how do you make money? Is it selling dresses? How do you make money without having a job to provide for you and your family? It is, it's a lifestyle. It's definitely not a job. It's past the point of it being a career. Um, honestly, I just had this dream of something that I wanted to do, a passion that's fueled me since I was very little. And I think I'm blessed to be able to, one, make money doing something that I love, and then two, get joy from providing a beautiful value to someone. Like someone comes in and when they leave my shop, they found the gown that they're going to become a wife in. And, that, I, and I feel like that's a huge blessing. Um, and that's, I, I don't even know. It's, it's amazing. So you're getting, obviously making money, but at the same right. time, you're helping people. That's terrific. Yeah. And it does sound like you have a passion for this. So that is super awesome. Now, take us back to when you did have that J-O-B, that job, and the thought of eventually I might want to have my own business. I want to, I want to, want to work myself for myself, but what job did you have? And then tell us about that process getting out of that to be in here. Well, see, that that's a fun story. Um, I worked in marketing right before I did, um, you know, I, I started on my own business, a fancy bridal. And back to when I was little, it wasn't a matter of, if I would ever get the chance to work in bridal. Um, to me back then, it was just the wedding industry in general. It was a matter of when. I knew that I had a huge passion for it and people would just laugh and say, oh, you just, you're just obsessed with getting married. No, I got married and the obsession didn't go away. Um, so when I went to school, I thought I wanted to be an orthodontist which is really funny. And um, my version of success and my mom's version of success for me was completely different. So she encouraged me to do that. And I asked her one day, um, I think I was in high school, I'm like, how do you, how do you major in, in wedding planning? Is that a thing? And I looked it up and it was not a thing. You can't get a degree in wedding planning. Um, so I went to school for advertising and public relations, and which is great because I utilize those skills that I learned every single day and everything that I do in my business. Um, but I, yeah, I worked worked in casino marketing and I was there for a couple of years and it was fantastic, it was fun, but I could tell you that that creativity and that sparkle and the pizzazz that comes with the love and weddings is missing. And I, and I um, worked with a wedding planner and it was fun. 
but I definitely learned more how not to run a business than how to run a successful business. Um, and then when my husband and I decided that we wanted to travel, I thought, all right, this might be my opportunity to find some side hustles to make money and also fuel my love for love. And I actually got two part-time jobs. So I worked um, for a very well-known um, high-end videographer here in Arizona. So on the weekends, on Saturdays, my, my days were filled with weddings and flowers and, and dresses and brides, um, which gave me so much life. It, it fueled me and energized me, I guess, for the week of marketing at a casino. And then I thought, okay, well, you know what? I have some time after work that I'm not doing anything positive with. So I got a job working for David's Bridal. Yeah, so three jobs, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but it that's when I learned that connecting with the women and hearing their stories of love and how they got engaged and what's led them into my presence and into my fitting room and helping them find that dress and helping them feel like their most beautiful versions of themselves, that's what led me to wanting to eventually do this on my own. Which is funny because I didn't think when I was little that I would be surrounded by wedding gowns and help women find their dress, but after after just a couple of weeks of doing that and learning that, hey, I was actually pretty good at selling, um, that's when I knew, okay, th this might be it. That's, mm -hmm. that's fantastic, <laughs> and that whole progression of doing something because you had you got to get a job and right. you wanted to make sure that you're making money and then progression into I'm missing something like there's something missing in my life and then finding out what that is now I do want to touch on that you went traveling with your husband right now mm -hmm. tell us about the traveling before we get into how to actually do a business like this which we're going to get into mm -hmm. I want to know how was that traveling? Because you drive, you guys traveled a long time. We did. We So the span of it was a year, and we spent a whole year traveling 18 different countries in Europe. And funny, funny, this is how I guess I, I did a good job picking advertising as my degree because it was on our honeymoon in Costa Rica that I looked at my husband. We were on a canoe, and I said, I want to travel. Like, I want to live somewhere else. And he, he patted my shoulder and said, okay, sweetie, we can do that. And um, I, we got home and I was just fueling him like, oh my God, wasn't that great? The adventure of being somewhere new, meeting new people, learning new cultures, learning about languages that I kind of convinced him. And, just, and it's funny because he's a financial guy. He, he runs our finances, he runs my business finances. That's his life, that's his passion. But it was me that sat down and did the math of how much money we would have to save up a month, um, how much we could live off of, and I mean bare minimums living off of, to be able to travel for a year. And he's like, okay, let's do it in five. And I said, no, let's do it in one. He said, let's do it in three. And I said, no, let's do it next year. I said, I want to spend my, um, our one year anniversary of being married somewhere new. And I don't know how I convinced him, but we made it work. And I can tell you that, oh, that's something that if I could do all over again, I absolutely would. It was the best year ever. Um, and he, he, you know, he admits that I was right, that it was, a, it was a good idea. And there's, oh my God, we just look back in that with so much fondness. That's great. And yeah. it takes a strong man to say, honey, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah.
And I've found in marriage, it's easier for me, instead of going through an argument and fight and try to, even if I'm only 1% wrong, ah, you're right, babe. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. It's okay. Let's do that. So I do that all the time. But yeah, that's fantastic. We, my wife and myself and my kids, we love traveling. We went through Europe for six weeks. I don't know how you guys did a, a year. That's awesome. So let's jump into now. It, so, you know, you transition to where now you're looking at your passion and wanting to make a business and make a run at having your passion be a business. Yeah. Talk to us about the thought of a passion. Should we always go with what's our passion? Like, what is your thought about, I wanna start a business, mm -hmm. what should I choose to start? Well, I think in that sense it was easy for me because I've known forever that I loved love, I loved weddings, I loved bridal, and in that sense, I think I was lucky to know that because not many people know what their passion is. Not many people think that being successfully unemployed is something that they can achieve. Um, so when it came to you know, us being, I think it was the last two months of, of our travels, it was, do I start looking for jobs and start sending out my resume and get back into that marketing aspect that, I'm, that I know? Or am I going to start doing research and trying to figure out, okay, am I gonna commit and actually start my own business and that's when I, I decided I can't, I can't, if I get a full-time job, I'm gonna you know, love having that paycheck coming in and knowing that if I go into work and I leave work, I leave work behind. When I'm home, I'm just home. And it's not like that with a business. It's like you live and breathe the business. You go to sleep thinking about it, you dream about it, you wake up and that's the first thing on your mind. Um, so when we got back, I got a part-time job working online and I was just teaching English to students in China, which was fun because I, I could do that in the morning and then I was awake, I was energized and I just dove right into doing research on how to get this started and it, oh my gosh, it was a whirlwind. And you said you took about eight months before you even opened the doors, before you actually did it to plan. To Talk to us about mm -hmm. if we were to start a business, a, a retail establishment, and let's let's fast forward and say we already have a location because location, it, you want someplace you can drive to and it's not right. too far, not a lot of bad people and all that sort of stuff, which we have realtors that can help us find that. Right. But let's say now we are, we know what we want to do. We have a passion. We want to start doing something in this. We want to open a retail establishment. How do we do that planning, the eight months? Like what do we need to do in those eight months? I am a big fan of lists. <laughs> so I had so many different notebooks filled with lists of things that I would want to do. But ultimately half of the things on my list were research. And I'm, I'm not an overanalyzer. I don't overthink a lot of things, but when it came to the business, I was overanalyzing and overthinking everything. I was doing research on everything. I think I got into that mentality of what would my bride do? So I took to Pinterest. I took to wedding magazines. My house was filled with them. I was following every and any photographer and videographer and planner and wedding venue in the state of Arizona that I could find. And I was looking at who their brides were, like what, what age were they, um, what were they wearing, and then based off of the styles that I was seeing, I was looking for those designers, um, which is funny because I, I started with this mentality that I wanted to have unique and different designers that you couldn't find in the state of Arizona. I'm like, well, I'm not seeing my brides wearing this. Um, I want to be the store to bring it in. Um, I later learned that that was not the right way to go about it, but it's something that I had to 
learn and learn from that mistake. Um, but I, I took into doing a lot of research. Okay, well, where's my location gonna be? How far is the nearest store? What designers are they carrying? Um, looking at their Instagram and learning about their bride um, and figuring out what they were wearing. And, and ultimately when I started uh, I use social media a lot for my business. So using tools like Instagram um, were huge. I dove into creating a personality for my store and I feel like that's something that sets me apart from everybody else. And you wanna set yourself apart. You wanna be uniquely yourself in your business. If you're trying to emanate somebody else or compete with somebody else, you're just going about it in the wrong direction. Um, so setting up that unique personality for Avancy Bridal, I feel like was the hardest part because I'm like, who do I wanna be? And then I was like, okay, I already know who I am. So then I just started portraying that through our social media. That's great. I, yeah. And I absolutely agree with you researching your customer. That's, that's yeah. like, if you don't know where your customer is, what they want or anything about them or even who it is, yeah. how are you going to sell? And so yeah. you may think that you're doing a good job, but you might be doing half or not even as much. So, you know, you did talk about getting Way, uh, you were doing a lot of research. Yeah. Was there something that, that got you out of the research phase that said, you know what, I just got to pull the trigger. Like I'm doing re too, way too much research mm -hmm. and I'm almost almost paralyzed because there's so much coming yeah. in. Tell, talk to us about the process to now taking that step to opening the business. So after, I think I, I've gotten lucky in a lot of different aspects, but my, my husband will tell you otherwise. I connected with the designer that I wanted to carry in my store and she says, look, this brand is, exclusive to one shop in Arizona. And she said, I wanna connect you to her. And I was shaking, my palms were sweaty. I was like, are you kidding me? This woman's a legend. Um, she's been in business forever. She's, um, everybody in the state of Arizona that's gotten married knows who this store is. And she said, I wanna connect you with her. And she did, and I went to her store and I met with this, she is now my mentor and I love her to death. And she helped me kind of get over those fears and give me some background on, okay, well, you need to stop focusing so much on the research and doing this and step into um, the more business side of things. And I think, honestly, it, it came in, in a, just fueled by passion to come in and commit and open. And once it was real, I knew, okay, I have to, I'm in it now. I have to commit and it, it has to succeed. There's no other option. Um, but it was a lot of help from family and friends and my mentor as well um, to get to where we are, even just two years ago to open up my doors. I can't say enough about having a coach, a mentor, yeah. somebody who's literally done this with you. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. So I invest in real estate rental properties. I have 30 plus properties. I've done it so many times that it's almost second nature. Like it's just yeah. something that's yeah. just like my brain turns on. Somebody who has a retail establishment, something that you're already doing or whatever business you're already doing, they've already gone through it and it's also become second nature to them. Like, oh, you're doing that? Okay, this is what you should do differently or this is how you high, um, jump over this hurdle or this landmine or this is how you make more money. And so that on top of having a mastermind or having other people in the same kind of business idea and you guys are bouncing off ideas off each other. Those So getting outside wisdom is great. Now, the next step, let's say we know what we want to go after. Mm -hmm. We've 
analyzed, we know who our market is, who our customers are, we know where they're at, we know how to reach them. What is the next step to actually opening the door? Was it a lot of work like, let, let me design it, let me uh, put inventory. Inventory alone is a lot of money. Like oh, yeah. talk to us about be right before you open, like what do you have to do to the store in order to open the doors? So my store is when we first when we first found the location. Um, right behind us, you see dresses, you see the pretty photo wall. This is all offices. And it was horrible, the lighting was terrible, there was ugly carpet, it, it just looked super, super different. So I started sketching, like I told you, I'm a big fan of pen and paper. And I took to pen and paper and I started designing what I wanted my store to look like. I started envisioning the flow of, the bride comes in with her bridal party, how do I greet them, where do we go? How do I have my dresses displayed? And communicating that to the to the people that were doing the construction, it was it was fun because um, I had a lot of times when people would look at me and say, "No, that's not how we're going to do it. This is how you should do it." And I think I grew a backbone. Oh, real quick! It's a strong backbone now, but it wasn't then. I can tell you that um, I had to put my foot down and say, "No, this is my business. This is how I want to do it." And that was hard because it was people that I respected, and it was hard because it was people that I didn't know, and I didn't want them to have this vision of me um, as a controlling person, which I'm I'm not. But I guess when it came to the business, I definitely was. Um, so designing the space was was a lot of fun. I had so much fun with that. Honestly, if bridal doesn't work out, I might even take a hint at interior design. Um, but working with the designers, I, I had to kind of figure out who my bride was or plan to who she was going to be to find the different styles. and. Um, I would look at you know different designers and their style and sometimes I would think, well, that's working in New York or LA, but I don't necessarily know if it's gonna work in Phoenix. And there are things that, I, that I've learned, like communicating with my mentor. She's a 40 minute drive from me here. And I can tell you the styles that are best sellers in my store don't do well in her store and vice versa. The styles that brides are buying from her, my brides aren't looking for. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes you actually being in the business to really know, like, understand what your customers are saying. So from there, you design it, which is great. You love designing. And um, and I love the idea that you got a backbone, that you got to stand firm and mm -hmm. say, no, this is my, number one, this is my business. Yeah. But number two, this is my money. That, like, this is not your money. Are you paying for this? Yeah. I'm paying for this. <laughs> you are not going to tell. Anyways, you want to take criticism and advice and wisdom from other people and disseminate that in yourself to say what's the best decision. So I think you went right on. And obviously you've been in the business how many years now? Uh, we turned to January 13th, 2020. Awesome. So we are starting year three. This is our third January and January is our busy season. So I'm like, okay, I, I've done this twice. We, we can do this. Let's go. <laughs> the busy season. Yeah, I could definitely, I mean, there's definitely seasons in every business, yeah. especially mm -hmm. the bridal business. I mean, yeah. you're definitely gonna have seasons. So talk to us about now your doors are open and how was it that first couple months of there's no, not many people coming in the door or like, like, am I really going to make it? Talk to us a bit about that. So I, like I mentioned before, I used Instagram as a tool to help connect with brides. When I was planning my own wedding five years ago, I used that tool more than wedding magazines and more than, um, I guess, yeah, my, my mom would always say, use wedding magazines. This is what we use. And, eh, not so much now. I opened my doors or I think I was 
a, a few weeks about to open my doors and I was like, how do I get people in the door? What do I do? And it's funny because it hit me. And I was like, I have a degree in advertising. I should know how to do this. And then I kind of reverted back to like, okay, well, let's sit down and pen and paper and write it down. Um, so the first thing that we did was look at the bridal shows. And there was one happening in January, um, right before my store was about to open, about a week before. So we did the show and I hyped it up and I said, okay, we're gonna do this. Come meet us, it's gonna be so exciting. So from there you have, you're starting to hype it up, which is great, going to the bridal shows. So it sounds like getting your name out there and being okay with self-promoting, you need to be able to do that, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, and to be honest with you, I don't think I did enough of that when we first opened. I don't think I understood that if you wanna have a successful business, you have to do anything and everything and whatever it takes to get it to thrive and succeed. And I don't know if I did enough of that when we first opened. And we still had brides coming in, they were trickling in. Um, by the start of you know year two, it was way busier. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. And then by the start of year three, which was what we're at now, I'm doing things that I never thought I could do, you know, coming up with ideas of getting more brides in the door and promoting my business, um, maybe even expanding it a little bit more than that is as more of a of a lifestyle. Like if you come here, you're gonna be part of the Advancy Bridal Tribe and you're gonna be, you know, in we have this um, photo book of every single bride that's ever purchased her dress. Um, sh we put her photo in there with the I said yes to the dress line. I'm a little nostalgic, you know, so I, I kind of like looking back at all the all the women that we've helped and um, all the dreams that we've made come true. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how do you scale the business now? We have the door open. We're starting to get people trickle in and, and hopefully start coming more and more. We try to do more marketing. How do we then scale the business? What do you mean by scale? How do we make it so we can make more money, get more people in the doors? Do we start another location? Do we do more things online? Like what is the, the way to make sure that we can continually build the business? Um, it's funny that you asked that. I've had this mentality of, you know, people say, well, you, you can't have it all. And then I always reply with, well, why not? People, you'd, my mom would say, why are you gonna quit your job? Are you making a lot of money to travel the world and have nothing? I'm like, well, I, I wanna you know, have a good relationship and I wanna see the world, so why can't I have it all? And that leads me to, I think it could even get me in trouble, dreaming too big. And the fact that sometimes my dreams can scare me. Um, I'm not entirely sure if I want to open up a second Avancy Bridal location, although there, we've, we've had some requests from brides across the country, oh, please come here, or come to LA, or come to North Carolina. And I'm like, what's in North Carolina? I've never even been. Um, but I, I'm thinking more of taking back to that initial passion that I had um, for weddings and expanding on that. Not entirely sure which direction I wanna go yet, I just know that. I'm going somewhere. And Vanessa, yeah. it sounds like you love helping people. And yes. I found the best way to help the most people at one time is online. So keep building up everything online. Maybe start using TikTok. I know you're, you're or you probably are, <laughs> yeah. and your husband's big on TikToks now. So now that you have the business, you're starting to grow it even more. And what would be the next step for you? Is it next logical step? Is it to hire more employees? Give us another location? Like how, how do we make sure that we are building the business even further? Well, I started, I've had, I have a team now of seven people, which is crazy to think because when we started and opened up our doors, it was my sister and I. And there were times when we would have six appointments in, in a Saturday and we were baffled. We couldn't believe it. This is crazy. Now I think we can take 13 appointments 
in, in a Saturday, and that's just insane. That now, my pausing that, yeah. for everybody who doesn't know what appointment is, that's a, when a bride comes in, yes. you spend the entire time pampering her, right? Yeah. Is that how it goes? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So it's about 90 minutes, she comes in, she gets to look around at her pretty gowns, and then we start trying some on, and by the end of the appointment, hopefully she has found the dress that she's gonna get married in. Yeah, so um, now, like I was saying, we can take about 13 to 14 appointments on a Saturday. Um, so that's 14 different brides coming in, um, getting to meet her, hear her story. And then I honestly, it's just trying to figure out what's best for my business. It, it gets a little tricky. Um, we have designers, our store designers make the dresses. I, I don't design as much as I wish I could. Um, and for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wait, wait, we, you design dresses too? No, I wish I could. Oh, okay. No, my yeah. designers do. Um, and with them, it, it comes that handling the size of our inventory, which is tricky. And that's something that I'm, I'm dealing with now. Um, we have to order dresses from each designer twice a year. And that means more inventory coming in. And my shop is only 2,000 square feet. And believe it or not, sometimes I just can't fit them in anymore. So that's something that I, I'm learning now too, is what do I do with, with those gowns? And I've considered at one point maybe opening up a shop where I just sell my off-the-rack dresses and I thought you know what that I, I can barely handle this now I don't think that's that's gonna that's gonna bode well for me um, it's it comes a lot with with planning and doing research and and studying myself and my business to figure out how we're gonna continue growing so two questions immediately came into my mind number one managing employees but number two managing inventory so mm -hmm. Talk to us about starting a company, having inventory. Obviously, wedding dresses are expensive. You have to have enough to fit on the shelves. Right. Is it consignment where like they, they put them in and then put them in your shop and then you sell them, or do you have to actually have that money, put it out of your pocket in order for them to start selling? Like, talk to us about the inventory. Inventory, that is fun. I have to have a wide enough variety to meet the specific needs of my brides. So I love ball gowns. I can't just have pretty princess dresses because not everybody that comes in here is expecting that. So with inventory, when you're starting a business, you have to get inventory in order to sell. Is it something that we should really think of like, okay, let's try to get consignment, get somebody to put in dresses and we sell them and then pay them later, but it probably can't do that. Anyways, mm -hmm. talk to us about inventory and then how do we make sure we keep the right inventory? So that that's a process. Um, first, I have to find my designers. Which which designers am I gonna carry in my store? Are they a good fit for my bride? Do I even like the dresses? And then usually that's a contract. So I have to order a set amount of dresses twice a year. And then Is I Is that have, an outlay of money? Oh yeah. Oh, wow. I have to physically pay for every single dress. And once I pay for that dress, that dress is mine. Um, there are some rules to what I can sell the gown for, but if I realize that you know this particular dress isn't doing well, after a year, I can decide what I wanna sell it for. Obviously, I wanna at least make what I paid for it, um, but, but that gets tricky. And when I first opened up my shop, I wasn't sure you know the type of bride I was gonna get in. Um, I, buy, I buy one gown, 
and I have to figure out what color I want it in and what size. You'd, you'd think a wedding dress is just a white gown, but you have ivory, you have off-whites, you have champagnes, blush. Um, so it's trying to figure out which color am I gonna buy this dress in, which size am I gonna buy this dress in. And then after starting year three, I've learned, um, I have a, a system that helps me track my best selling sizes and and you it's so different because sometimes when I'm we have special markets for for owners like myself where you go and look at the new collections and you can decide what you want to buy I'll be standing next to another store owner in California and she's like oh I'm buying this in a size six and a four and I can tell you that that would never work for my shop my my women are I, I want to say um, a little different than most most stories in a great way, of course. Uh, but managing inventory gets tricky, and I've started recently, and I don't know why I wasn't doing this before, sitting down and doing math, um, which as a store owner you have to do, but personally I absolutely hate it, um, unless it's numbers that are coming into my bank account that I'm thrilled. <laughs> um, but I, I have started analyzing how well my, desi my designers are performing for me. So I've sat down and I've looked at my initial investment into a designer, figured out how much profit we've made, and then from that, how much actual profit we've made. So I've started subtracting my initial investment into them versus the profit and realizing that some of my designers are rock stars and some of them not so much. So then comes that that initial, okay, well I have to decide if I'm gonna continue working with them or if it's a relationship that I'm gonna have to cut. And and that's and it's hard because you get to know the designers and the, the representatives for that brand and they're they're friends and they've seen my business grow. Um, so I it's Tough, tough decisions that I have to make when it comes to inventory. And I love the idea that you're, and I'm not a numbers person at all. Like mm -hmm. I'm literally not a numbers person. My wife does the budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I just, I don't like numbers. That's why I pay accountants. Um, and what you've done though is get past that and say, I need to make better decisions for my business yes. or wise decisions for my business. And having that information at in, in your brain so you can make a wise decision is very, very vital. Yes. It's crucial because if you don't know what your customers are actually buying and you're, I, th I think this and I think that, well, you're not gonna do as well as you could if you knew exactly what your customers wanted right. and you provided what they wanted, when they wanted it, mm -hmm. and then anything else you can go ahead and weed out. And so going through and looking at the analytics, basically looking at the numbers and keeping track of all those numbers, it, you make better decisions. Because I remember like, so for one of my, um, on my business, I saw from one of my websites for masterpassiveincome.com, I had something, I had two different opt-ins, like here's, you know, download this or go watch a free uh, workshop. Yeah. One's like an hour and a half investment, one's a downloadable PDF. Yeah, yeah. And I realized the, tran the um, conversion for the quick downloadable PDF was like 90% of people going to it. But for the workshop, which is like an hour workshop, is like, 3%, 4%, I'm like, mm -hmm. why am I doing that? Anyway, so oh, yeah. knowing the numbers is gonna help you to make better decisions. Like, I need to remove this because it's just not working. Yep. So from there, how do we then deal with, and let's say deal with, it's kind of a rough way to say it. We have employees, you know, it's, uh, I, when I, uh, Every business that I start now, I'm trying to do my best to never have employees just because it's so much work. It's yeah. almost like babysitting unless you hire a babysitter and make sure that they are taking care of everything else. But talk to us about now, your employees, part of a family, you know, you have sisters in here, but you have yeah. other close, like they could be really good friends. But talk to us about how do we handle and manage employees? That's a, a great question. And that's something that I am still learning. Um, I had never, 
interviewed anybody before. I never had to sit there and train anyone. And my husband had tons of experience in retail, so I, I recruited him to help me out. And he would tell me, I, I would be like, well, I'm not so sure. And he would say, yes, we're hiring this person. She has what it takes. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. And that's something that when you work in bridal, at least here, the people that I'm looking for have to have a passion for this. This can't just be a job. Like you have to be committed to meeting people and helping them and hear their story. And it's an excitement when you're buying a wedding dress, you're not, it's not a logical, a logical purchase. It's like when you're looking for a car, well, okay, this is the price, here are the mileages. Sometimes you can, you know, feel, feel a little something about the color, but when it comes to a wedding dress, it's an emotional purchase. So I was looking for employees who would understand that. And sometimes they don't know and we have to train them with that. And I can tell you that the team that I have now is spectacular. They're phenomenal. Um, they've, they've learned now how I run and how I like to do things. And I think that sometimes I, I'll come up and I'm like, hey, can you? And they're like, we already, we already did that. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, but there, there are times where you have to sit there and train and, and in a way help them have that excitement that you have for your own business. And I think that if you're looking for employees, that's something that you may not ever have. No one's gonna love your business as much as you. No one's gonna wanna work as hard to make it succeed and thrive as much as you. But if you treat them well and you help them and give them fun incentives to want to love you and your business, it's just gonna, gonna help you so much more. Exactly. When yeah. you have somebody that buys in as an employee, mm -hmm. where they say, "You know what, boss? I or boss or lady boss or whatever <laughs> they call you." Like for my, for me, I didn't, um, employees call me boss um, just for fun. But anyways, you know what, boss? I was walking down Costco and I saw we're selling this for this price. At Costco, selling it cheaper. We can buy it here because we, we're buying it here for this price. And yeah. you know. They, they get bought in as opposed to just clocking in and clocking out. And yeah. it's not easy to do to make it so that they want to help, that they feel like they belong, that they're a family. Now, at the same time, you do have to also have a stick. Like if something goes wrong, you need to be able to change or not change them, but like correct them, correct them and teach them and train them, like you said. Mm -hmm. So what's the next step for a fancy bridal? Like what's the next step to um, growing or changing or what do you think? Cause we're two years now. What do we do next? That's, that's a great question. Um, something that necessarily, I don't know if I've exactly thought about what's next for Avancy Bridal. I think right now I want to survive our busy season, um, which is not, not a very good thing to say. You don't want to just survive. Um, I want to continue growing Avancy Bridal in, in a sense of, I've noticed, for example, we've had, like you mentioned at the very beginning, we've had brides come in from out of state because they want to purchase their wedding dress from us. And that's the biggest compliment I could ever have. Somebody hops on a plane, comes to Phoenix, Arizona to buy her wedding dress from me. I mean, you can go to New York and go to Kleinfeld. Don't do that. Come here instead. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, but I've, I've noticed that when my brides have been following us for a while, 
and they're familiar with who we are and they walk into our store and like, oh, Vanessa, it's so nice to meet you or there's Mr. Avanti, which is what we call my husband. Um, and they know who my employees are and they know that I just went to you know, market in Chicago and, and they wanna know how my trip went. They're more inclined to buy because they have an invested relationship with, with my business and they, they're just so excited to be here. And that's one thing that I wanna continue growing on. And um, like you mentioned earlier, um, I, I, like I told you, I, I'm not a very over analytical person, except when I was starting my business. Um, my husband has his own business too, and he was talking to me about TikTok. And I thought it was just teenagers, you know, doing fun videos and dances on TikTok. And I scrolled through it and I was like, all right, well, he was sitting there, I think for hours talking about what he would call his, his TikTok name. And, um, and I was like, I'm just gonna do it. And I just created one for a fancy, and then I made a video and then the second one I made went viral and it got, what, seven point something million views. And, and now we're at the point where we'll record videos and we get messages and calls saying, I live in New York, I saw you on TikTok, can you send me this dress? Like, I wanna know the info. I'm booking a flight when I get engaged. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. I never imagined that I would be at that point. So it's some, sometimes I realize that things just happen to me and I have to roll with it. And sometimes they're great, like this TikTok idea that just, just happened. Um, and I think that that's one thing that, that I'm gonna do with Avancy is just let her grow. Um, personally, I have some, some goals that I wanna accomplish outside of Avancy Bridal um, that I think owning the shop is gonna help me achieve. And so from there, you have VanessaTrufin.com yes. where you can actually share and reach to more people. Because right now in Phoenix, we have, we have our bridal shop here, but people have to fly. There's a, a, a limited reach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about your idea of, hey, I wanna help more people and having mm -hmm. VanessaTrufin.com. So with VanessaTrufin.com, which is weird saying that because it's just my name, um, I, I'm using that as a platform to talk about a wide variety of things. It's not just bridal, where I want the majority of it to be about weddings. Um, I tour wedding venues, I sit down with vendors and talk about more of the business aspect of uh, you know, a makeup artist. Sometimes you think, well, I can just do my own makeup. I do it every day. Well, when it comes to you know, a wedding day look, you want it to be bold so that it looks good in the photos and you want it to last all day through the tears and the, the laughs and the joy. Um, and then I also am tackling issues that I've noticed here as an owner. So body positivity, my brides will come in and say, well, this is the dress that I love, but I'm insecure about this. And it's, it's just something that's in our own heads. It's something that we see our own flaws when no one else is gonna see that. Um, issues like, fear of missing out when you want to continue shopping but you found the gown or even I know I found the dress but everybody around me doesn't like it and that's one thing like for example if you found the gown you have to be the one to love it just like how you love your wife um, and when she was dress shopping and let's say for example her mom said no that's not that's not it well she doesn't her mom doesn't love you the way she loves you. And that's what I, what I tell my brides, and no one's gonna love the dress as much as you're gonna love the dress. Your mom and your sister are not gonna wear this gown and become a wife, you are. Um, so through Vanessa Trufin, I'm tackling fun issues like that, um, 
exciting people when it comes to the wedding industry, um, promoting other business owners in the area and sharing their passions. And I call Avancy Bridal my baby. So uh, talking about their babies, maybe they own a wedding venue or they have a hair salon. Um, so it's been a fun adventure just doing my own thing outside of Avancy Bridal. I love it, I love it. And I think everything you're doing here at Advancy Bridal definitely goes right into VanessaTrufin.com. And it's really, it, I think it comes out how much you want to help, how much you want to just help the the, the future brides. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just great. You absolutely, I think it's, I think it's, it's in contagious. Just me listening to you right now, I'm like, man, I want to get married. I want to <laughs> try on a dress. I'm just kidding. Well, but anyway. you, you, can, you can renew your vows. We can, you don't yes. need to be getting, as my husband says, you don't need to be getting married in order to buy a wedding dress. <laughs> nice. So he's a better salesman than I am. Come on. <laughs> so let's jump into the rapid fire round. All right. Okay, so the rapid fire round, we, they're broad questions that are hopefully off the top of your, tip of your brain. You should okay. be able to get these. So first one, when we don't have to have a job working 40 plus hours a week, we have a little bit of time to give back or to help other people, make the world a better place or whatever it might be. What are you doing to help everybody around you or people around you to have a better environment, a better everything? There are two things that came to mind the second you asked me that question. Um, there are things that I've wanted to do forever and I think one of the reasons that drives me to work so hard for Avancy Bridal and make her succeed. Um, the first is I want to start a scholarship fund. When I was you know, a senior in high school and planning how I was gonna go to college, financing it was the hardest thing I really had, harder than picking a major for goodness sake. And I want to start a scholarship fund and help women go to school. That's awesome. Yeah, and then the second one, and probably the biggest one that's been driving me forever since I was little, I wanna buy my mom a house. She has a house, but I <laughs> I want to be able to take care of her. She's taken care of me and she's done so many sacrifices to help myself and my siblings through, and I want to repay her. That and I need a babysitter when I decide to have kids, so might as well. <laughs> That's awesome. And with you and your husband such entrepreneurs, such such driven people, mm -hmm. I think you could absolutely get there, especially with um, Avancy right now as it's going in VanessaTrufin.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Now, if you were to go back and give yourself one piece of advice, business, life, or whatever, when you're 13 years old saying, hey, young Vanessa, do this or think this, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. There are so many things that come to mind. I think the first, the first one is don't be scared. I think there are many times that I was afraid of what people would think of my ideas or what people would think about the things that I wanted to accomplish that I think that held me back from doing a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. And the second one is don't be scared. Dream big. If you want to take risks, do it because I've, I've done it and now I know, you know, what it's led me to. But back then I, I had no idea what was coming. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the next question in the rapid fire round is what is one tool, one app? It could be like a pen and paper. Like what should we utilize in our lives to make our lives better and become more efficient? I like I mentioned uh, a couple of times before, I love writing things down. And I have a notebook, I have like six or seven actually, where I will jot down the things that I want to accomplish, my goals, the, the fears holding me back. Um, sometimes I'll just doodle, sometimes I'll, I'll write fun things that I want to accomplish this year or in the next month. And I think that's something that if you want to do something, write it down. Because if you see it consistently and, and it's, it's there constantly, you're going to want to achieve it. And you're going to do everything in your power to do it. That's great. I love that. 
I think having a pen and paper, I, something different about writing it down, like literally handwriting, typing it out or on your phone or on a keyboard, it doesn't grab in your brain, mm -hmm. my opinion, as it does a piece of paper and yeah. pen. So that's great. Now, now I want you to give, you covered so much ground. How is somebody, if they want to start a retail establishment, what are the steps that they should do if they're going to get started? Like one, two, three. If you're going to start your own business and start your own retail establishment, the first thing I really recommend you to do is ask yourself this question. Are you sure? It's a big commitment. It's a lot of work. And I don't want to deter anybody or scare anybody away, but you have to be prepared for the amount of hours that you're going to have to put into this. The sacrifices that come with it and the amount of work that it takes. And then if you've gotten past that point and you still want to go for it, all right, here's what we can do. Do some research. You have to know what it is that you're doing, who your target market is, who your competitors are, what your product is. You have to know it inside and out better than you know yourself. And then once you, once you do that, start a plan. Okay, well, here's where I wanna be in six months. How am I gonna get there? If you have a clear vision of what you want and what your business is gonna look like, um, every decision that you do has to lead you in that direction, everything. And then after that, surround yourself with a team or friends or family or mentors that are gonna help you reach that goal. And of course, financial plans usually, you know, kind of take a part into starting a business. So having that set and making smart financial decisions is really going to help you succeed. Those are brilliant. I love all that. That's great. Okay, so last question is, mm -hmm. if you were to give us one nonfiction book, it could be business, self-help, whatever it might be, what should we read? Oh, see, that's funny. You, you mentioned that in one of the those series books that I read has nothing to do with business at all, but it's something that fueled me to start my own business. And it's it's a sappy love story um, by Nora Roberts, and she talks about four friends that get married and they work in the wedding industry. And I think because it was related to something that I was passionate about, it made me excited to do it on my own. So while there are many business books that you can find, reading something that relates to your passion and helps excite you and fuel you, not just a here's what you have to do type of book, um, I think can help because you're gonna think about business a lot and you're gonna be thinking about how you could succeed that maybe having a little something leisurely um, and related to something to your passion might be a good a good breather. I love that. What's mm -hmm. the name of the book? Um, there was four of them. I think it was like Vision in White was the first one. They're super cheesy, but they're so romantic, and I love them. I'm gonna have to have my wife loves reading those, oh, so good. I'm gonna have, I have to point them. those over to I her. I can send them over to oh, you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, get Vanessa. You've been fantastic. Give them such great wisdom and advice, mm -hmm. and I love that we're actually here at Vancy Bridal. It's just mm -hmm. fantastic to be here. How can if somebody wants to reach out to you if they want to see your TikTok, like how can somebody find you? Um, you can go to VanessaTrufin.com. Um, you'll learn more about me and what I'm doing outside of Advancy Bridal through that. Um, if you have Instagram, follow Vanessa.Trufin. You can follow Avancy Bridal. On TikTok, I believe our name is Girl You Fancy. I know, it's fun. Um, and you can call us, look up Avancy Bridal. You can find our phone number. Um, go on Instagram. We're always posting fun stuff. And I think that's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Vanessa, thank you so much course, for being here. Thank really you so appreciate much. it. All right, guys, take care.
Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.